Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and the blessing of bringing us here together tonight. Lord God, thank you for the gift of this Christmas. May we, Lord God, receive it with joyful hearts. And may you give us open hearts and open minds, Lord, to hear your word and to be transformed through it. Lord God, place your word upon our lips and in our mouths, Lord, so that it might be faithfully proclaimed. And we pray that you, in your grace, in your might, and in your mercy, would speak powerfully to us this night. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good evening. It's good to see you all tonight. Well, I brought with me ice cream. There's not enough to share. I'm sorry. Actually, it's empty. I I thought early enough of this to empty out the ice cream first. I didn't actually eat it all myself. I put it in the freezer and other containers. Seriously, I'm sorry. Now, vanilla ice cream, right? Tell me something about vanilla ice cream. It's good. It's amazing. But it's just vanilla. Right? When we want to talk about something plain, sometimes we'll say, yeah, that's vanilla. You know, it's just plain. It's not something spicy or exciting. It's just vanilla ice cream, right? Plain, uninspired, sometimes a little blah. Sometimes you want something, you know, with nuts in it or chocolate or different kind of things, right? Something exciting. Vanilla doesn't give you any of that, right? It is just simple and sometimes boring a little bit, right? We get so used to it. It's really the most common flavor in the United States. It's, they sell more vanilla than any other kind of ice cream. I actually researched this. Um, not taste tested. I should have done that. I should have done a taste. I should have interviewed people and had them taste ice cream. But instead, I just looked it up on the internet. But they sell more, more vanilla than anything else. Um, that's the reason why everyone's tried it. That's the reason it's a common flavor is because people buy it in droves. They might not say it's their favorite flavor, but they certainly buy it. Right? I mean, if you're serving a piece of pie, what kind of ice cream do you want to put on the side of it? Vanilla. Why is that? It goes with everything. That's right. You can't put, like, something chocolate next to it because that might not go with it. Right? Chocolate and pumpkin pie, that's not necessarily the best group of flavors, right? Chocolate and Thai food doesn't work, right? Vanilla goes with everything, though. Flavors are delicate, delicious, mild, luxurious at times, right? When you taste a good vanilla, isn't it just amazing how it fills your mouth? Like, but we have it so much we get used to it, and so it becomes just vanilla. When really, vanilla is amazing. That's why it's so popular. Now, there's a tendency this time of year to get caught up in the great latest and greatest and what's exciting and what toys to get and what everyone is doing and all the parties and all that kind of stuff and forget about the simple yet profound truth that we celebrate this Christmas. We forget the completely mind-blowingness of what took place 2,000 years ago. God took our flesh on himself. This is no simple matter. This is not like in Greek myth when Zeus would sneak down to earth and like pretend to be a person so he could meet up with a few maidens, right? That's not what we're talking about here, right? That's how the Greeks and the Romans did it. Their gods did like things pretended to be humans. God did not do that. He literally took flesh upon himself and is bound to that flesh for all eternity. He's not up in heaven now. Jesus is not up in heaven like saying, Woo, glad I got rid of those clothes. 
No, he's still in the human flesh. Resurrected flesh now, but still there as a human and God. This fabulous event was the culmination of the will of God and the prayers of countless faithful people who had been asking for God to come down and save them for centuries. And here it was, the fulfillment of all their prayers. But it was different than what they might have expected. God did not come down in full battle armor ready for a fight, but rather clothed in frailty, wrapped in the tender flesh of a baby, susceptible to the injuries, pains, desires, needs, hungers, hopes, and fears of all the rest of us. That is how God came down to us as a child. Yet veiled in the flesh of this child was the awesome power that spoke the universe into being, that flung galaxies out like dandelion seeds in the wind, that harnessed the immense power of the sun and placed it by us, not too close, not too far, just the right distance so that we could live on this beautiful and fruitful earth. This God, all-powerful creator of everything, took our flesh upon himself. He became weak so that he could save the weak. Now, what could a weak baby save the world from? Even a baby Chuck Norris, right? Like, they've only got so much power, those babies. Indeed, what could even a very strong person like an adult Chuck Norris do for us, right? For the whole world. I mean, he might rescue an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, but what else can a person do? Right, even the greatest out there, even a Julius Caesar or something, or uh, Alexander the Great, how much could they do? They conquered the known world, but there was more world than that out there, wasn't it? And then eventually they died off, and then what happened to the world? Power switched hands, right? It switched back and forth. Other people took power, right? Even the most powerful among us, if we look through our history, can only do so much. And so I think it would be helpful now to define the problem that we needed to be saved from, because it wasn't what a military conqueror could do. Ever since the Garden of Eden, we have been laboring under the curse of sin. From sin came death, destruction, hatred, disease, enmity, oppression, lying, greed, lust, fear, and anger, to name a few. Right, we can probably think of some more of those. This sin then was the root of all the problems in this world. The lesser things that we face, like wars, injustice, oppression, they're all subsidiaries or outpourings of this sin, the root problem. Right? Everything else just flows out of it, like sewage out of a pipe. The challenge was the world thought that Jesus was coming to take care of these temporary things. Those things like war and oppression and stuff like that. That's what they were looking for. They're like, boy, we need some relief from this. His contemporaries hoped that Jesus would throw off the oppression of the Romans. But that was not his goal. Because in reality, if he had done that, if he had kicked the Romans out and like kept them out, as soon as he was not around another military would have come in and conquered the area and taken it, right? It's really gone back and forth between different people controlling it for its whole history. 
Now, Jesus was not going to be a military conqueror. He was going to actually conquer the root of that tree of evil. He was going straight for the source, and he was going to kill sin forever. He did this in his bold and gentle way by first resisting its pull in his life. He never succumbed to the lure of sin. He had absolutely no no sin on or in his life. He was completely free from it. And so when he hung on the cross, he did the most gracious thing that could ever be done. He took our sin upon himself and died for those sins, the righteous or the unrighteous. In his death and in his resurrection, he destroyed sin and death forever. We are free in Christ because of what he has done for us. And now he stands in heaven on our behalf, still in our flesh and still fully God. Now vanilla, it might seem like a plain flavor. Not nearly as curiosity-inducing as something like Cherry Garcia or Death by Chocolate or something like that, right? It might not pique our curiosity or our fancy. But when it comes down to it, and you look at it honestly... There is real beauty and power in what is often overlooked. The same thing with Christmas. We are so used to it. So many of us have been through so many Christmas cycles that sometimes it just becomes vanilla. Right? Here comes Christmas. Great. Better get out my red. Better get used to hearing Christmas carols all the time on the radio. And we lose fact. We lose sight of the fact. That Christmas is the most radical invasion of God into our world to set us free and fill us with hope. It is God stepping in to destroy our darkest enemy in power and in weakness. May we this Christmas reply to God's call to turn our hearts to Jesus Christ. May we confess our sins. And may we be set free from sin and death and truly rejoice at the awesome beauty of Christmas when our God came to dwell with us. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you have come and taken our flesh upon yourself, Lord, that you are fully God and fully human. And so when you offered up yourself as a sacrifice for us, you stood in our place, Lord, as a representative of all humanity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for coming to set us free. Thank you for being our hero and our redeemer. Lord, we turn our hearts to you now, and we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to have the faith to trust that what you have done has really been done. Help us to believe in you, to love you, to turn ourselves over to you, and to receive your grace, your mercy, and your hope. This Christmas, Lord, may we truly rejoice at the power of the Incarnation, at your blessing, at your mercy, and the fact that you are here with us, our Emmanuel. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.